Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen. I'm your host, Max, and joining me here in the booth is Gideon. What's up? Today we're going to be talking about The Lighthouse, the new film that's barely sweeping the nation but is getting all the praise because it is one hard film to uh, find a show for. Um, yeah, we, you can say that again. We we had quite the challenge uh, getting getting tickets for this um, when we were first looking because Gideon and I both wanted to do it when we were first looking. Marcus Theaters only had one showing and it was in Columbus, Ohio on the twenty fourth of October. And I said, "Heck no!" Yeah, I well, I said, "Let's let's do a road trip. Eight and a half hours there, <laughs> two hour movie. Eight and a half hours back. It'd be one day. It'd be like." Nope. Total red eye, but nope. no, you didn't feel like doing it. Never. <laughs> we would have had to take your car. Mine, I don't know if mine would have survived that trip, but yeah, but, I wouldn't have taken my car. There's yeah, no way. not worth it. But we luckily found a Showtime in Milwaukee or just outside Waukesha, of it. Yeah, or yeah, Waukesha in a beautiful theater. Yeah, like the, the 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 prettiest theater I've ever been in. Honestly, like they had like mine too. curving. Curving, curving staircases stairs on the sides and two two uh oversized theaters yeah, oversized t- screens um not quite imax size but uh the what do they call it the super screen yeah um dlx i or think whatever. how many screens in total was it like it wasn't 24 was it i have no idea how i'm many not exactly they had, sure they had a lot but, but they it was had, like a bit a huge lobby they had a, their um, own restaurant slash bar their own restaurant bar it was, uh, it was crazy. This, this cool what, curving... What this, was it called? What was the place called? It was called Majestic Cinema Brookfield, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if anybody listening gets a chance, uh, you know, maybe you want to go see a movie and you're out there in Waukesha. Yeah, uh, honestly. Go go there. They had this... They had this it's, um, it's awesome. Above the marquee... It wasn't above the marquee, but like when you were in the lobby and looked back where the marquee like would have been, there's like this on the backside of it, there was a curving sort of... Gl- like uh, glass sort of thing that had a bunch of movie quotes on it. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, um, they had here's looking at you, kid, making an offer he can't, he won't refuse. Yeah, like, every every major awesome. every major quote you could think of is pretty much there. You need a bigger boat. May the force be with you. All those. Yeah. So, um, but the lighthouse. Okay, the lighthouse. Also in this same theater, <clears throat> I was telling you about Parasite earlier. Yes. So Bong Joon Ho's film that's getting some major praise right now is also playing this upcoming Thursday in that same theater and i was like i, I kind of wish that it had been honestly what i would have what i would i would have done instead of driving to ohio if parasite had been playing when we went to see this on thursday like at a lo- at a later showing like around 10 o'clock i would have stayed and watched that because like it's not playing really anywhere else and we were mm. already down there i would have taken the late night honestly so it was playing at the same time as our show no, it wasn't playing at all this when when we went, but it's playing this upcoming week. I'm just saying, oh, if it would have been playing, yeah, when we had gone, then I you would just would have done. A I would have wanted to stay. Yeah, double header, uh, double it. feature. Yeah, okay, of the lighthouse and parasite. But parasite, I still really want to see. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. 
I don't really want to drive down <laughs> to Waukesha again. Yeah, that was a, that was uh, a long week, drive. It was a pretty long drive. Um, then you drive slow, man. Oh my gosh! I drove the speed limit. I was gonna be like reaching over and just like putting my leg over the thing and slamming on that pedal. I my goodness, like man! Two, I drive like two miles over the speed limit. Yeah, that's not slow. That is to me. That's not slow. I I realize that to you, it's not slow. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh, that is slow for some people. Yes, you're right. It's not for me. <laughs> but either way, I thought that was a lot of fun. I'm glad yeah. you got to do that. I, I would love to do another road trip like that with you again. Once I get my new car, you and me, man, we can we can start rocking and rolling on that. Parasite. Not par. Yeah, right. Parasite. But okay. But our actual movie review, our today, actual movie review is, today is The Lighthouse. Is the Lighthouse. Featuring Willem Dafoe and... Robert Pattinson. Yep. The new Batman. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The new Batman. That is that is something. Going I don't know. Going to be the new Batman. I, I, I trust that, Would you him. call him the new Batman now or going... Would you say going to be the new Batman? I wonder what the correct wording of that would be. Until I see a trailer, I'm like, it's all speculation. Until I see a first trailer uh, or, or some sort of teaser or something. I really don't. Um, yeah, because it's think, not really on my radar. I think uh, Jonah Hill was in talks to play. And was he, it Riddler? He got, he got turned down. Was it Riddler? He's not. Trust me, he's not doing no, it. No, yeah, I know they, he's not doing it. But have, I'm saying he was talking talks in talks doing it. And then yeah. after him, they, it was Riddler. And now they, they called got a guy. Paul Dano. Yep. And I think Paul Dano. I think is confirmed. But he Paul looks Dano way better. I would have never cast Jonah Hill as anything. Is other it Paul than Dano maybe or Paul Dano? I don't want to pronounce his name wrong. I think it's Dano. Paul Dano. Um... Yeah, one one of the two. I feel bad for not knowing how to pronounce it. But but yeah. he's 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 a great actor. He's been in a lot of great movies like Prisoner, There Will people, Be Blood. Yep, I've heard people say that they're excited for him. Um, yeah, he was in Little Miss Sunshine. He was great in Twelve Years a Slave. Man, wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just a great actor in general. I think. Um, and I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for the Batman. Um, but, directed by Matt Reeves, by the way, who directed uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Batman, um, or are you saying Lighthouse? Sorry, uh, no, 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 Let's ba- Batman. Okay. Lighthouse was directed by Robert Eggers, who mm. directed The Witch, which I have not seen yet, but The Witch is on... Spelled with two Vs. The Vavitch. <laughs> uh, the Vavitch. The Vavitch. I think yeah. it's just a long V sound. The Vitch? Yes. The Vitch. Yeah, that's how I would do it. Um, but yeah, so he he filmed this in black and white, and did it in a 1.18 to 1 aspect ratio. 1.18 to 1 aspect ratio. Which pretty Different much means... from what you would typically see, which is like a 1.33 to 1 aspect ratio um, yeah. when you're when you're not going letterboxed. Um, but yeah, this is... It's pretty much... It's pretty much square. square yeah. It's pretty much a square. Which, which I've never which, seen a film like that before. I've never seen a film like that before. And I don't have any issue with the, the fact that it's 1.18 to 1. Uh, the issue that I did have was that because you're seeing it in the theater, yeah, it's got it's, it's smaller. It's it's smaller. It's obviously smaller than the regular theater screen. But even there are some movies that are that would be filmed on like 1.66 to one, mm-hmm. which I think is the ratio that like a regular widescreen TV yep. would be. Yep. So that still that alone is gonna be is gonna crop off the sides of the movie theater screen. But this. It had the sides of the theater screen cropped off and then, and then and then even more but the thing is that because it was like that the the ones that are the one that's like extra is still lit up by the projector yeah so it's you it's got black <laughs> bars and then more black bars next yeah. to it 
like black bars and really dark gray bars. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was really cool. I One thing I love about the aesthetics of this is like every shot you could pause it and because it looks so cool in the way it's framed and the fact that it's in black and white, every one of these shots looks like it's uh, a picture from like the late 1800s. And I loved that. And I thought it looked very authentic to the time. And I think they did a great job just really putting putting that kind of spin on it where it's just, it really, you really felt like you were watching something from the late 1800s, early, very early 1900s. Um, the plot's pretty cool. Uh, it's about this one guy who's kind of going to this lighthouse off the coast of Hudson Bay, Canada. Um, and he, uh, he's replacing a, a guy. So I guess I've never really understood how the whole lighthouse keeper thing works. So apparently they must go in shifts of like about four weeks, maybe sometimes in real life it was like six weeks or maybe less, you know. You yeah, never, they say, they some, say four some, weeks. It's they four weeks it's four in weeks this here. one. So he's going there for his four-week shift of essentially helping run the lighthouse and maintain it. He's kind of working as a handyman for the most part, Robert Pattinson is, while Willem Dafoe's character is like kind of the cook and he runs the he, – he really only wants to like run the light and that seems to be like his only thing that he he does and yeah. that kind of causes some conflict with Robert Pattinson because he wants to be alternating and he feels like he's just been doing pretty much everything else without really any help and um but it it goes on and it's it's a hard to describe movie I think I some and, would say impossible to describe <laughs> it's it's very trippy but very cool um, it, the, it just kind of goes into like the, 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 the isolation of these characters and how it, how it kind of makes their minds degrade as they've been there. Because just about when it was time for, uh, Robert Pattinson's four week, uh, stay to be over there, a giant storm comes in and essentially stops the the transport ship that would have taken him away um from coming in so he's there for you know a, a, probably a couple more weeks we of running know. low on, we yeah, don't know it could it's be a very long time could no but, idea how long they're actually there for i would assume probably almost an, uh, another 3 3 weeks um and they're running low on supplies and food and all they can really do is get drunk and it it's it, it yeah it's it's a hard movie to describe. I don't want to get too far into it because I don't want to spoil anything. I think people definitely should see this movie because it is cool. And if if any if, even if you're not into the whole story, it's at least a really uh cool thing to watch. That is that, that doesn't usually happen with with movies. That is one thing I would say about this movie is that I it's an experience at the well, theater. Well, yeah. Yes, but I don't know, like, if I could necessarily recommend this, really, just because it's so out there and at some points very explicit in ways that don't, I don't know, it's just there's so much odd. And the story itself, there's not really a story here. And maybe that's because my definition of story is too specific but story as I understand it is this movie does not really fit into 
to what I understand story to be because it doesn't really have a plot. It, it's, do, it doesn't really have a it solid the, conflict. It doesn't have a conflict to really follow. Instead, it's sort of following this one person as he goes insane. And the and that's not where this issue of no story comes in. The issue of no story comes in when is in the way that it f- follows him going insane. It follows him going insane by taking stance in his shoes and viewing the world through his perspective. And because he's going crazy, essentially the filmmaking itself is going crazy in a way. So like when you don't have any structure, there's no structure to this movie really at all. It's just kind of hard to follow. And there's parts of that that I like and there's parts of that that I'm not really sure how I feel about. I, I can agree to most of that. Yeah, absolutely. It is um, it is definitely different. And it is if you're looking for like a traditional movie, three-act structure, solid conflict, you know, hero, the hero's journey sort of thing, that isn't what you're going to get in this movie, that's for sure. It, um, yeah, it is, it is tough to describe. It, it, it definitely well, Not even is. just like three-act structure in general. It's just like there's not really many events that happen. It's it's like it's more it's more a focus on him either doing stuff around the the lighthouse in that island or him interacting with Willem Dafoe's character. Right. It seems to be just things that he does that are trying to have this metaphorical purpose. And some of that I think I can latch on to and some of it is a little bit harder because when there's things that happen that seem to have metaphorical purpose, it's they all it seems like they only have metaphorical purpose. And I think a the best way as I understand it to tell a story is to have events that both have meaning within the plot and in addition have metaphorical purpose whereas here it seems that these are just things that are randomly happening on screen and they may or may not mean something grander than the very literal but the literal itself doesn't seem to mean anything to me other than the fact that it's happening on screen and the way it's happening on screen is somewhat baffling at times too um, like there's, there's several parts of this that aren't super clear. And that's another part that's, I don't know how to feel about because obviously that's the movie and in, movie's intention. It's, it's not audience. trying to be very clear, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like there's a way to make it so that you're in this perspective, but at the same time, it's still possible to understand what's actually happening. Yeah. And also, uh, to the viewers, sorry if my voice is a little off, uh, I'm slowly getting over a cold right now, and uh, I lost my voice yesterday. But I'm trying, trying my best here. But uh, overall, I think I enjoyed this movie. I I, had I don't a think good enjoyed is the right word for me at all. No, I would not say I enjoyed this um, because I, it's it's just a lot of it's also kind of just a downer. Which in the first place, I wouldn't say I enjoyed, but. It's also just so baffling. It's hard to see myself using enjoy as the correct word for that. But yeah, I I just I didn't really enjoy the experience, but I, I, I think I I think I might have got something out of it. But then again, the movie's <laughs> so vague that I'm not sure if I actually even did get something out of it that's actually meaningful. Hmm. I felt like tonally, and this, again, it's hard. It's hard to talk yeah. about because we can't really talk, get into the specifics of yeah. of what it means. But it's just like I feel like I have a little bit, but I'm not sure exactly how to describe that or 
yeah. if I know if that's even anything real because the movie then again the movie stance on what is or is not real is also I think I think I can find I think I can see where it's saying what is and isn't real but again it's it's somewhat vague which I just it, think is, is not line. purposeful yeah at points I think one thing that wasn't an issue for me and I think I was following the tone that the director wanted um but I felt like a lot of times certain scenes, and I don't know if it's a social aspect of it, like if people individually were watching this movie, if it would have happened, but I noticed there were some times when people were laughing and it really, I, I didn't see it at all as a comedy. I saw one joke in it, but there were like four times that people laughed or three or four times that people laughed. And I really didn't think it was like funny enough for, for a laugh. So I felt like it, what I was seeing weren't jokes at those four times, but for some reason the audience thought it was. I think the director is definitely playing this for for dark humor. Mm. Uh, there are, and, and, there are several points of dark humor in this, which I thought a lot of them were in themselves funny, but as far as how they fit into the general context of the scenes they're in, don't really make sense to be played yeah. for humor at that point. Um, and that's why I think that they were only one was intended for humor, and the other three or two or whatever. I don't think they were meant to be funny at all. But I, I think, think they're it just very totally, obviously meant to be funny. Mm, this I think this is trying to be like com darkly comical at several points. I think maybe mm, I don't know. I think they might have been just trying to be some comic relief because it is kind of a dark, serious movie that that really it doesn't have many positive moments like you know like not many happy moments i should say so yeah that's that's interesting i i mean i can only think of like one or maybe two conversations that the two characters have where they're together and they're actually like happy <laughs> talking you know yeah and i said um that was a problem that i said that i had with joker is that it kind of just go on a downward, downward spiral of madness. And this mm. is v very similar in that regard. This was less of a maddening experience for me, though, just in that it didn't make me... I don't, see, I feel like I felt differently watching this movie than I did feel watching Joker. Like, Joker, I felt, like, uncomfortable. Here, I just felt confused. Mm. Um, okay. And I don't think that's what the movie's going for. I think the movie wants you to feel confused to a certain point, but I think it's it seems like to me that the movie wants to have this metaphorical purpose in a lot of these ins and outs of the story that we obviously can't talk about because this movie's not even basically yeah. out yet. It's like in ten, like a thousand, less than a thousand theaters, I think, right now. It's not even in wide release. Yeah. Um, which again, thank goodness we actually found it because I really wanted to. Yeah, see so this. it's so it's just somewhat difficult to talk about. Uh, but there, a movie that would be difficult to talk about when you can actually talk about the things that happen in it. But I think I just completely lost my train of thought. Um, talking about uh, the—it's hard for you to even describe. You were saying like the. Things it's hard to in the describe, movie. and it's just. This, the things in the movie seem to have this greater metaphorical purpose, but yeah. I, but it seems that, that that's what the movie wants to focus on. 
but instead it's focus it's it's trying to muddle it and make it more confusing and it wants to have both of those things and to me the the metaphorical purpose is more interesting than being confusing and those two things can't really exist with each other because me- metaphor is something that's indirect but it still is possible to be clear whereas confusion is not is I think can sometimes be seen as a result of a metaphor, but I think that's a, that's almost a misconception because con- confusion seems to be like intentionally muddling what could possibly be a great metaphor. And I think that's what the movie tries to have both of those things. And I feel like the confusion just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't, it's not helpful towards what I think this movie could possibly have in terms of metaphorical purpose. Now, I, I just have one question for you, which I don't think... I asked you on our drive back. Um, now, I don't think it's really any news that this movie does have a, a mermaid in it. Um, but I just wanted to ask you if you think the mermaid is real or a fiction of the character that sees it's... It's not real. That one I'm pretty sure about. You're pretty sure about that? I don't know. There's, I like there's to a, believe it's real. There's there's very <laughs> specific parts in this where, yeah. where it's... in. It uses editing, like very. Yeah, I think I know. To show, you, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's also, it's not only so that we can't talk about because of spoilers, but we just literally can't talk about it because we can't talk about it to the public on air because yeah. it's disturbing and disgusting <laughs> and just horrifying in general, Dude, and not uh, appropriate. It's but it's um, not that bad. Oh my gosh. But during that, I think that's used to show that she's not a real thing. Okay, I just wanted to get your take on that. All right, do you want to start getting into the stores? Where we're, usually we do that about thirty minutes. About in, thirty minutes in, but I suppose we can start we're a little now. early. I mean, it's just yeah, because it's so new, we can only talk about so much. I think it's a movie people should go see. Go see it in theaters. I I know I'm probably gonna buy this movie and own it. I want to have a copy of this on DVD. I, or Blu-ray or yeah probably Blu-ray because DVDs slowly slowly fading out. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple more things to say that I wrote. Yeah, down. yeah. What do you um, got? this movie has poop, pee, vomit, spit, blood, and other facets of things that come out of the human body, all in this movie. At and it's just gross to me. <laughs> and I think it's a motif that the movie is trying to play with. I think. And it's a motif that you don't really see that often. <laughs> and I think that's probably for a good reason. Because there's a lot of times where, like, you see, characters seem to vomit more than they should. Have you ever noticed in that? In movies? Like, in movies, yeah. Sometimes. Characters, I feel like there's way too much throw up in movies. I just don't like watching somebody throw up. And it seems like I don't movies know, it's usually when somebody's make, you, either, make like, you watch people throw up. Sometimes it's when usually they, when, when they're they drunk it. or yeah. it's when they're drunk or they're like trying to overdose on something or... But the, the point is that it does happen in movies a lot. It, it A decent amount. A decent... Good. Yes, a decent yeah. amount. I, I don't I just don't. I just, just don't like that, honestly. Yeah. But um, this, it's just a personal thing. It's not like if you put vomit in a movie, you're doing something incorrect. It's just like, I don't like watching that. But that there's just a lot of things in this movie. And I think it's about... That's a motif that it uses to kind of go to its base purpose, which is talk about the base of humanity and like where you are fun- in terms of functions and 
And, and especially like if you're only functioning at your purely biological level, how does that relate you to animals mm. um, and things that don't necessarily have human intelligence? Um, Which actually reminds me of something like you saying that comparing them to animals, it makes me think of towards the end there. Right. No, that's what I'm. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that might be what I'm talking about, but like I said, it, the plot is not really there, but whatever plot is there, it's, it's intentionally like torn apart, torn apart with the sole intention, I think of disorienting the audience. I, I wouldn't disagree that. I think the idea to disorient the audience was there. I don't know if it was entirely there, but definitely for certain scenes and certain things, it was meant to make you feel as, as crazy as, as crazy the as the character. Yeah. And so I think because of that, because it's trying to make you feel as, make you personally as the audience feel as crazy as the characters themselves. By the end of the movie, the movie itself has kind of descended into its own madness. pure madness. And so it, it's taking this idea that pretty much every movie has, every movie that's pretty much made with a director who's trying to do something that it's of, of extrapolating a character's point of view and then using that in the filmmaking itself so I'm trying to think of an example of this, but like just when you take a character's point of view and, and represent that, like Shutter Island. Sh yeah. There's one that I saw recently that, um, this is just such a, there's, there's the multiple facets to this obviously, because you can do that wellness. in terms of character. But I'm not talking about just that. subjectivity. I'm talking, I'm talking about like the, the elements of the plot, mm. not necessarily just character, uh, but plot character and, and, and using that in the filmmaking. So like the, the example that I thought of was um, Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood, which is a movie I've seen a couple times over the past month and uh, really kind of have fallen in love with. But it takes, the whole movie is about like the murkiness of political action. And so the whole movie is basically drenched in fog and, and, a, and a camera that moves eerily like a ghost. And there's also some supernatural influence in the movie. But that's Kurosawa taking this plot element and using the plot element in the literal way he films the movie. So that same thing happens here. Um, but I'm just not sure if the fa if if that extrapolation works here. I'm not sure if it's such a great thing, just because like it's very clear that I think that's the movie movie's intention, but I think it really just depends on how much the experience is worth it for you as an audience member and how much meaning can actually be gleaned from the crazy image, like striking. There's a very, very striking images that happen uh on the screen throughout the movie and i think it just it seems like i don't think it's gonna be worth it for a lot of people mm. this isn't like a a wide appeal sort of thing like you have to very yeah because I because it, i just don't think for the average movie door they probably wouldn't enjoy but I'm, this. i think not even just mo i don't even think just average i think like less than average people would enjoy this but that's just my because i I, th I feel like i'm i don't know i don't want to compare myself to like the average movie grower um, but to me, it just feels like there's so much of that murkiness that, that it, that didn't work for me, that it just would be hard for me to suggest this to someone else. Okay. Well, mm, I, I think I would, I think it's, I, I think you should at least go see, I think while you have it, if you have a chance while it's in theaters for probably the small amount of time, it will be in theaters. I think it's worth seeing simply because of the experience of seeing a movie filmed this way, framed this way, that looks so good, that's kind of a psych psychological thriller a little bit. Yeah, and then again, I guess again, it just comes down to like, 
I mean, know, if you know like, yourself, yeah, know yourself, yeah. know what you like. And I think if, if you, if you're not a huge, if you love art films, if you love, yeah. if you love this type of thing, then yeah, just go, like in and, go in and go and see what you, cause I like art films and yeah. I like psych, psych thrillers, but I still didn't love this experience. Yeah. So I guess like if, give it a chance if that's the case, but if you don't, I think I would say steer clear. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did note that when we were driving home for an hour and a half, it kind of feels like you're kind of isolated, you know, mm. in a car. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that you're isolated then seemed to relate almost eerily to the fact that the movie's about isolation. Yeah. Uh, so it just kind of felt like it's a, a bit of a surreal situation. Cause I mean, when you, when you drive, I feel like in general, when I drive away from home or when I'm, whenever I'm away from home for however much amount of time, mm -hmm. it always kind of creates a surreal sort of feeling to me. It's especially like, at night too. Right. Especially at night. It's like, okay, I'm, this is, different from what I'm used to experiencing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that kind of was just ratcheted up to another level because the literal movie that we were traveling to see is reflective of the actual situation we're in, yep. in actual real life, which just was kind of like, a, this is odd and kind of uncomfortable, but that's all right. Uh, all no right. one got hurt. So do you want to go into the scores? <laughs> yeah, let's get to the scores. Um, let's start off with first impression. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Wasn't the best movies of one of the best movies I've ever seen, but it's definitely. I would probably put it. Oh, I don't know. Definitely top one hundred for me. I don't know where Zeki would sit. I would have to really. I actually have, would have to like make a top one hundred to see, but I I do like it a lot. Um, I would give it an eight for my first impression. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, it was unbelievable. Like it wasn't pulling me out of it the way I felt with Bad Times of the El Royale or Joker, but I, I I think seven would be way too low for it, and I think nine would be just a bit too high, so I think eight would be right on the money for me. I liked it a lot. wasn't amazing, wasn't mind-blowing, but it was it was good, and I and I had a good time. Yeah, um, this is like a probably a six or seven for me. Uh, and And again this is a very ambitious movie. It's, it's being, it's different from the typical movie that you're going to see in a theater. It's not, it's not a typical blockbuster by any sense of the word. So I think there's definitely that that's commendable about it. And I I definitely love watching something different. Even if I didn't completely jive with it, it's still good to experience something that's different from the typical movie that you're going to see. Even, even typical like awards contenders, you know what I mean? Like it's different I, from even the typical, uh, Oscar bait that you're going to see. I was just about to ask, do you think it's going to win anything? Maybe best cinematography I, or something? I don't think it's it's going to... Definitely not best director or best picture. I don't think it'll get no, nominated for. It wouldn't be, win those, Just because it's, it's, it is very niche in that way. But do you, I think um, cinematography, cinematography... I think is a possibility. I think sound design is also a possibility. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dude, that foghorn that they had was awesome. And everything sounded absolutely legitimate and... It's yeah. very cool. Um, Robert Pattinson, I think he's very good, but I think the the year is a little bit too crowded for best actor. Cause I mean you've got Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. For Joker. You've got Leonardo DiCaprio for um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You've Gosh, got yeah. uh Adam Driver for Marriage Story is getting a lot of a, a lot of love. Um you've got who else do you have? Robert De Niro for The Irishman. Yeah, it's going to be a tough year. I don't um, think Robert Pattinson. Right. Wins I mean, it. it's just such a very crowded year for that. But I think it's 
for Bummer. Willem Dafoe for Best Supporting Actor is a at yeah. least a possibility. Yeah, um, I I would I would definitely nominate him. But then again, either way, it's it's still pretty early in the award season. This is like basically the start of award season. Yeah. Uh, so I I mean anything can change. Obviously, I think Willem Dafoe was amazing in this. Yeah, he's definitely great. Um, but I, I again, it's like just so early in award season. It's like you never know; anything could change. Yeah. Um, but as far as the movie itself and the quality of all these things, there, it's it's obviously it's a very well well made movie. It's just there's so much. Um, yeah, and I mean that can be reflected more in your look and feel category. But um, what? So six or seven? You said which one are you? Saying? Um, I think I'm gonna go with seven. This is in my top ten of the year. Um, okay. And I think a lot of that is just like the ambition that I appreciate about, appreciate yeah. about it. And there is some of that metaphorical stuff, like I said before, that I latched onto. It's just that none of it really came together for a cohesive whole to me. Now yeah. that I'm saying the six, seven seems like a little, little bit too high. But then again, like I appreciate that ambition so much, like that it stands out from the re- from the crowd. Yeah. Because it's so different. I feel like if a typical movie where all the pieces don't come together doesn't get better than a six for me. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a five or less, but I feel like because even though all the pieces don't come together, it's, it's got such huge ambition and it seems to that, but also it's, it stands out from, I'm looking at these other movies, like in the same range of things like book smart, uh, peanut butter Falcon at Astra. Yeah. Um, all, those are, that's the kind of range that I'm in, I'm in with it right now, but all those kind of, blend together to I mean they don't blend together but to some extent they do this this just stands out when I see it it's like oh that's the lighthouse that's 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 different yep that's that's not the typical thing that I'm seeing yep uh so yeah uh seven is I think fair for me yeah all right cool um onto story oh I liked it I li- I really liked the story for this this was cool I like the mystery aspect of it um it is a not a traditional story it doesn't have your simple beginning, middle, end. It's not so much like other psych thrillers like Shutter Island and ones where, you know, the person's like, or or kind of like Sucker Punch or things like that where there are mental aspects that you don't know exactly what's going on. It's not exactly like those. It's It does that in a different way, which I can appreciate, um, that you are pretty sure, like, you're pretty sure you know what's going on, but there is a little bit of like you you don't know, and I don't know. Sometimes it's either you you don't know completely, you side with one character despite evidence showing otherwise, and like all these other things. So I think for story, I I I can appreciate it. I have not many issues with it. I really want to know kind of this big mystery that happens in pretty much the last scene. Yeah, I want to know the answer. But at the same time, I can appreciate that they leave it vague. So, I'm trying to think I th- of. I think I'm going to give it an eight as well. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of other movies that kind of do the yeah you, know you what don't I'm know about. what's real well kind of thing and I and, and, and movies that commit to that a hundred percent like nothing is real. I just don't th- I can't think of one of those that I even like. Okay, well, like even like even something like Birdman, which I really. Um, enjoy and that's another one of those that like doesn't necessarily come all the way together but there's just so much about it that I love but that's one where where it is muddled what is or is not real probably more so than any of like because Shutter Island is pretty clear to me like what what is or is not real by the end of it I I think there's some super I know this is like totally ridiculous but I think there's some supernatural aspect that 
Leonardo DiCaprio's character isn't crazy and that he actually was there and just they're messing with him like with some supernatural aspect. I I I know that's like totally not the ending that they're supposed to. Right, they're supposed to be, but, but that's for not me, the intent. Right, that's not the intent. That's not the intention of the director. Um, yeah, but but then you look at something like Fight Club again, but that again there it's pretty mm-hmm. clear what is real and what is not by the end of the movie. Whereas Birdman intentionally blurs the line between what is or is not real. But when watching Birdman, I think again it's part of the way is because of its fi- because of the way it's filmed. It's all very steady. It's all you can take in the information. It's just the information itself is misleading yeah. here the way it's filmed is it's because it's black and white and because it's in a basically square you're not getting that much visual information so when the visual information is so unclear at times because it's black and white and a lot of the frame is dark and a lot of it is you're not getting that much frame to begin with <coughs> yeah. that only serves to further muddy the amount of visual information that i'm able to even take in and and yeah. sort out and then add to that that they're talking in like really thick accents through the entire time yeah in this movie it's you're not I, the beginning was a little hard to understand but i think it got easier as you, the movie you do get, went you on. do you do it does get easier you do kind of understand just, just but, for the first 15 minutes i'd like to see some you know captions like i honestly i don't i don't really like to watch movies with subtitles i mean unless obviously they're foreign but her glorious um, um by tarantino because that that movie is like 90 percent subtitles <laughs> Well, yeah, but but they're talking in foreign languages. I know, I know. Um, but here, I feel like I could use it because they're just, just talking in, and I feel like I don't, I don't know if they're even saying anything that's helpful. And I, I mean, yeah. obviously, I can understand parts of it, but first fifty minutes, I think need some subtitles. After that, I think it's fine. I think it's pretty easy to understand after that. Yeah, it just um, it just throws you for a moment. I don't know. I spend a lot of time with my friend, my friends on. Xbox Live and a lot of them are British and some of them have real heavy accents. So I'm like a little attuned to really having to pick out what I'm hearing. But um, yeah, even for me, it was a, a bit tough. So I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I would say for a score for story, I think I'm sitting about a six. Okay. Um, because there are it does have that ambitious aspect to it. Yeah. Um, it is artsy. But it is, uh, and it's so it's not. It's not a failure. It doesn't like flop entirely. Yeah. It's just because I think it accomplishes what it was largely what it's going for. Yeah. Um. So it's I think five is too low, but yeah, six I think is accurate as far right. as to my experience of this of this crazy movie. Fair enough. Uh, acting. Oh, I think they both were awesome. I I really have no issues with either of them. Um, I think. Willem Dafoe knocks it out of the out of the park. Robert Pattinson does a good job. He's not like I don't think he could win best actor, but I think Willem Dafoe could win best supporting actor. Uh Tom Ward season. And because of that, I think I would give the acting in this a, a nine. Yeah, I think I think they're both good. I mean, and it is literally um, just those two guys. It is and literally just those two guys that are supporting the entire movie. Hey, there is a seagull is that a acts seagull. pretty darn good, uh, too. So I got <laughs> got to give them bonus points for that one. Yeah, no, I. It is the two of them carrying the entire movie. Yeah, um, I mean, and I, that's a huge credit to it, obviously. Yeah, how do you make a movie pretty much about two guys in like on a small island? entertaining for two hours yeah you know? that's uh, tough that is one thing i 
I, I don't like to bring this up because it's not necessarily the measure of a movie, and especially when movies aren't actually going for this, but I didn't find this super entertaining. There are parts where because of the pace and the structure, it's like I'm not interested really anymore. Mm-hmm. Just in the way, because it's like I, I just disengaged at several parts of it. And I think even if you're not being entertained, I think you want to be at the very least engaged with what's what's with what's happening on the screen. And there's just parts of this where it's like, I want to be invested because I, 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 there's clearly something happening here, but it's like, I'm not like, are you, are we watching this? Like, this is not mm-hmm. something I'm grasping. I'm not, I'm not fully locked in with this frequency that this director is on. Um, yeah. So maybe, yeah, that, that would be an effect sort of thing though. Okay. But, that would be but the effect for category. Acting, but for acting, I think is, I think more than a seven, honestly, because Again, it is two actors carrying the entire movie. Yeah, so an eight. The question is just whether or not they accomplish that task. Um, but I think an eight is fair. Yeah. Um, look and feel. Oh, this is its best thing, I think. I think this I think is one of the most beautiful that's films I've ever seen in my probably life. Probably accurate. That, best thing I, of this movie, but I would not put it on that level of one of the most beautiful things I've seen in my life. Because what, it, it's, one of the most beautiful films I've seen in my life. I mean, like films. Sorry, I yeah, didn't mean to it, mis- like mis- I, like I said, you could pretty much pause this movie at any point, and it looks like a picture. Every shot is is framed beautifully. I think the the call to do it in black and white was awesome. I mean, it just really makes you feel like you're looking at an old. Well, to me, it feels and... like it feels like it. The black and white, squ- basically not not exactly, but basically square aspect ratio seems like the genesis for the for the entire film, and then they worked up after that. To me, <laughs> honestly, like it seems like it's like to me, a lot of this movie feels like the director said, "Okay, I want to shoot a movie that's one point one eight to one aspect ratio in black and white." And then with only two people, and let's see where we go after that. Rather than having a story in mind and saying 1.18 aspect ratio and black and white is the best way to tell that story, it seems like he started the other way around, which I think is not the best way to to make a movie. But again, I mean, whatever. I, I don't think it, those aesthetics hurt this movie in any they way. They don't hurt it, and I'm. But I, I I agree that they're the aesthetics themselves are great. But I'm saying it feels like they started with the aesthetics and worked their yeah. way after that. I, I okay. Well, for look and feel, though, music, sound, visuals, sets, everything was awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. and I I think I give it that a ten out of ten. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of points with the sound design where it's like, this is a pretty normal sound uh, for the location, but it's I'm taken aback by it. Like this is actually like frightening to me. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. And I could, um, I could tell for a lot of like the seagull sounds, it wasn't just generic. Like they actually went out and like found seagulls to record because it was like completely different noises that like aren't just your average, like you look it up and you find it, you know? Yeah, I, I don't tell know. You. There, were, there was a lot of stuff where I could tell that they actually put in the work to get their own sound um, for this and not, and not something else. The foghorn is really cool and it wasn't like your generic foghorn and... They did. They did a lot of cool stuff. Well, like, a lot of the, a lot of the sound design is is almost like a like a score. Like yeah. it's it's almost like music, but it's like horror music. It's frightening. I I thought yeah, and I thought a lot of the sound, like especially in the last scene, 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They did a lot of ambitious things. It sounds with like the a sound. demon. Like there's like demon sounds, which I don't <laughs> like to experience. Like that's that's part where I'm like I don't enjoy this, but it's like I see what's happening, and it's like I. It's meant to creep I, you out a little bit. It's meant to creep you out, and so like you can you can say this is the movie accomplishing its purpose. Yeah. In, in it effectively. Um, yeah. So I think look and feel for me is probably a nine. Um, I think it's that's fair. Yeah, and and again, the one point one eight aspect ratio makes it stand out. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. I mean, a black and white movie nowadays makes it stand out. The black and white messing makes it with stand, the yeah. aspect ratio is like icing on the cake. Icing on the cake. Yeah, it really just it's it's a lot, man, and it, it is probably the most unique film I've ever seen. Probably yeah, the most it unique. Yeah, it is pretty unique. Um, and that's, I, I think that's probably the movie's biggest, uh, positive is its new uniqueness. Yeah. Um, but again, you can't completely deviate from everything, every single thing and then hope it works out. And I feel like it tries to just deviate against, (laughs) we're going to do this differently and like everything, every single thing differently. And by the end, it's like, I'm not sure if I'm still on board. I'm not, I don't, I'm not necessarily still engaged. I I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. All right. Um, so it brings, which brings us to effect. So what did it make you feel? What did it make you think? Did it make you cry? Did it make you laugh? It really, emotions, everything overall. For me, this is probably the lowest category. I would agree. Um, I think this would probably get a six from me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I came out of, I came out of it. Like this was, this was a cool movie, but I feel like. From what I observed, and in in my opinion, I think tonally the audience wasn't matching up with what with a lot of things of what the director was going for. And I feel like if I was watching this on my own, I probably this probably would be a little higher. But seeing how the audience reacted was a little different. And I think it didn't leave me with like a bad taste in my mouth or anything like that. Like there are movies that do that. Uh, I'm trying to think whiplash, which we always fall back on, but that one really like bothered me the way that they ended it. And that one was one where the effect was a pretty low one. This one, I felt it was, it was a, it was a cool movie and I, I did enjoy it, but it was like, I wasn't left with a, a, a feeling I, one way or the other, it didn't mess with me at all. It didn't, you know, pick me up a ton. I think the effect of it was leaving me in awe of how cool it looked and it was just really a, a, a joy to watch for me. But but it didn't really leave any sort of emotional um, imprint. So I think a six, I think it was more positive than negative, but I, I mean, it, it wasn't completely neutral, but it wasn't anything more than that. Yeah. More than um, a six for me. Here, so... Here we're back to kind of what I was talking about earlier about how this movie definitely left an effect on me. I'm just not sure whether or not I actually like the effect that it left on me <laughs> yeah. and whether or not that effect is something that's good. Like I said with Joker, it left an effect on me. You didn't it's like just it. not that I just didn't like it, but I feel like that effect was actively negative. It's actively something that I think is not a good thing that I that I had. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I don't to, like that we keep talking about Joker and that yeah. the culture keeps talking about Joker. It's like kind of annoying <laughs> to me, honestly. Like I just wish that we would be able to stop talking about this and just I, put it out of our brains and like move on with our lives. But for whatever reason, we keep falling back onto it, and I think that's I think just it's, it's because not that's bad. It's just biggest, annoying to me, honestly. It's I don't the know. biggest movie of 2019. Well, not our, are we talking literally biggest? No, not li- literally, but I think the biggest cultural impact movie of 2019. I think, and I feel that's like that's possible, this is but I that, feel like we got to give it at least like another year or so before we can actually determine that. Yeah, but I I feel like just, Endgame left a pretty huge impact as far as like especially box office, but even but culturally. I feel like people people aren't comparing a whole bunch of movies to Endgame right now. The movies people are comparing them to are Joker or well, talking about. And that's because Endgame came out six months ago. So I'm saying, like, oh. you got to wait another year until yeah. they both have been about out a relatively similar amount of time because right now Joker just came out. Avengers Endgame came out six months ago. So relatively yeah. to each other, that's a long, yeah, yeah. Okay. that's a big difference. But if we wait for a little bit longer, we can see, I think, more accurately which one okay. has actually had a better impact, a larger impact on the culture. But I think, um, I, I don't think yeah. you should be beating up on yourself for bringing it up. If you have a point to make then make your point yeah and don't worry about what movie you're comparing it to that's why for the last three t- things i compared to shutter island and i realized we've, it was we've literally talked about joker now for the past every episode every since episode since joker hey you brought it up this time that was I not me no i'm not i'm not blaming you <laughs> i'm 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 blaming myself like it's i just i don't know it's just such a weird thing because i i don't hate the movie or anything <laughs> like it's not like man i wish joker wouldn't even ex- exist Sometimes I feel like that, <laughs> but I just have to check myself and say, "Is do I really feel that way? Is that okay that I feel that uh, way?" All I know is you gave it a nineteen out of fifty, so that's like a eighty eighty or I'm sorry, a thirty eight percent. Yeah. So I don't know. I would. If I, I gave I it give a, a movie overall. A, if I gave a movie a thirty eight percent, I would call that hating that movie. No, I, I, like for me, four is a four out of ten is more around like dislike. Mm. Two and one is hate. Okay. Okay. Um, but you, but you were saying that that one kind of left you with a bad feeling, a afterwards. bad vibe. Yeah, just sort of like yeah. What? Left, what was the left, point? Left the theater in but a that's worse like, situation that's like, than you were that, going in. With Joker, it feels like there is no point. The movie, the movie's trying to intentionally not have a point. Or I mean, we've talked about this before, about how the movie does have a point and is trying to say something. But it just feels like Joker. Joker feels like the director has less of a handle on its issues, whereas here it seems like the director does have a handle on its issues. He's just n- in not being very clear about it, whereas Joker seems like it's there is no handle on the issues and it's very sloppy. So it's a different. It's the difference between being sloppy and being unclear. And I don't think either of those are good things. But I do think that the unclarity weighs it down for me. But I, yeah, I don't know. Effect. So- I think. Yeah, it's a tough one. This is a tough one to kind of pin down for this. It's it's a very tough movie to pin down for effect. Uh, yeah, and I think four or five. No, I, I feel like that's five, you, five or six maybe. Okay. Because I did think stuff like there's there's very interesting things that it's trying to do metaphorically, and I did think about that, and I was emotionally struck by a lot of the the striking images of this, and it's like wow, that is something that's crazy and that's that relates to the metaphorical aspect of it and it's like the isolation parts of it i i did feel that because the movie puts you in the middle of the isolation and the only problem is none of these things none of these individual parts that i all enjoy and i all think these are good things these are good parts of the movie because of what the movie chooses to be as a whole it just never amounts to something that 
coheses together to meet me to give me this this feeling like I got something good out of this. So I feel like the effect is almost a seven. Honestly, I think I might be I might say seven because really like, right because I did <laughs> right. I did all these individual parts affected me because I I I was I felt something and I thought something. It okay. made me think and it made me feel both of those things. But it's just none of neither of those things really sort of work towards what you want from a well-rounded movie. This feels like a movie that excels very well in several areas but never is is rounded as a whole as, as far as accomplishing every single thing that I want that I think a movie needs to accomplish, which okay. is fine because not movie every movie is going to is going to come up to the standard of of a, of a great film. But and, and like I said, I'm I'm glad to see something that's so ambitious like this. But okay, so I think seven. seven is an accurate score for me. All right, then the last one. No, that's all. That's all. That's all five. That was five. Mm. Yeah. All right. So then, what first do- impression, story, acting, look and feel, effect. Uh, uh, totals. We've got uh, seventy-eight out of a hundred. Not bad. Which where does that put it as a whole? That puts it just that's above, a, just above average for us. I the, think. Batman movies, True Story, and The Way Way Back, which we have just previously done the last week, Way Way Back. Yep. Um, and just below Ready Player One, which is at a 79. God, I love that movie too. That was an awesome movie. I wish I would have won some awards. That deserved it. Oh, that was that was like, that movie blew my mind and made me so happy when I watched that. I, f- I feel like <laughs> I, I really liked Ready Player the One the first time I watched it because I feel like Spielberg in inevitably is going to bring some sense of magic to his movies. But every time I watched it after the fact, it's like Spielberg doesn't seem to have his previous sense of thematic coherence going on. And that's something that I almost appreciate more than a gut reaction of, wow, this is awesome, which I kind of, because I watched, the first time I watched it, I saw it in IMAX 3D and I had never seen the movie in IMAX 3D and that's a great movie to to and that's yeah. a great movie to give to to see for the to see IMAX 3D for the first time. Mm. Uh but yeah, yeah. All right. Well, okay, so we have about 5 more minutes here. So the lighthouse came out here with the score of 78 out of 100. 78 out of 100. So, I think most people if you if you want to see a, a movie that really is a unique experience in theaters. This is the one to see. It is more artsy than your average film. It isn't a typical story. It's it's very unique. If you want to try to kind of get into more of the art type of film world, this is a good way to step into it because it's not all there. And it's I'd not- say if you haven't stepped into the art film world yet, this is not where I would start. Oh. I would say step into the art film world, and then if that if you like what you see from like art films in general, then I would say you can kind of dip into this. Also, don't be afraid. This isn't a horror movie. It, it kind of looks like it in the trailer. It has it a couple not, horror elements to it, but it's there's no jump scares. There's none there's of that. There's two jump scares that I, I can think of specifically. I do. I, I didn't notice any jump there scares. Is, there, I know that there's for sure one. There's one one that did make me actually jump in my seat. I, it, it didn't make me so, and I and I scare pretty easily from certain movies. So, I don't think you got anything to really worry about Godzilla's jump scare in this, in the new one that they did. That was a bigger jump scare than the one in this. I don't remember a Scott 
jump scare from that. I mean, I don't remember anything about that movie though. And I when they're <laughs> when they're underwater and Godzilla is doing the signaling, and then all of a sudden it shuts down, and they're like, "Where'd he go?" Oh, and yeah. then it <laughs> it pops up right in front of the thing. Yeah, I, that movie is gone from my memory. <laughs> I I like King of Monsters. I thought that was cool. They showed. Tons of monster fights, and I I love that. That's what's fun about Godzilla, and I'm happy they did that. Um, But all right, I also want to do a quick little shout-out. People, if you have HBO, if you you, uh, don't have HBO, I'd say get it, because right now uh, HBO is about... It has started one new show called Watchmen, which is based off the comic from the 80s, and uh, if if you're a fan of, like, the Zack Schneider 2009 Watchmen movie, uh, this, this... is obviously kind of the same thing. It's not a sequel to the movie, but it is like a sequel to the original comic book. It's really, really good. And the first episode is out. The second episode will be coming out tomorrow night. Um, Also, on November 4th, His Dark Materials will be coming out on HBO. So that's The World of the Golden Compass by Philip Pullman. And I'm super excited for that. It's got, um, oh, what's his name? who plays the young Charles Xavier nowadays. Um, what's that actor's name? It's not a whole bunch. Lin-Manuel Miranda's in it. and I, I got also have a shout-out. Shout yeah. So um, just uh, hit HBO. As, as far as, like, good good movies to step into the art film world, because yes. we didn't really give that. Um, but we said, I think... I mean, there's both. Four. I'm not a big fan of of the art film world. I, so, I, I, so I am. I, I defer I to you. As far as like old movies go, yeah. Um, I just watched this movie called Harakiri. It's a Japanese film. I've heard of that. Made in uh, I think 1960, 1962. I just watched this yesterday. It's fantastic. So there's one for how do you spell like it? art ish. H a r a k i r i. And I watched it on Canopy, which is a free service that you can get through your library card. Um, as far as like uh, art film goes, there's this one called Velocipaster that I watched. I'm completely joking. Um, it's a movie about a pl- pasture that turns into a velociraptor. It's absolutely terrible. That's not a good art film. Okay. Um, <laughs> Peanut Butter Falcon. There's one. There's an art film. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. That's just that's more recent. So there you go. You've got two two more artsy films, and, Harakiri hey, and Peanut Butter Falcon. Aside for Peanut Butter Falcon, it's got Shia LaBeouf in it. He's still rocking. I love Shia LaBeouf. I I I, I want to meet him one day. I think that'd be cool. He seems like he'd be a cool guy to hang out with. There's so. one, yeah, and uh, also Book Smart. I think is out on DVD at this point, which is another art film that came out this year. Um, okay. Which is more that's more of like an art. That's more of taking sort of typical raunch calm sensibilities and sort of turning them a little bit more artsy. I think maybe Ladybird. I liked Ladybird a lot more than Booksmart, but Ladybird came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I would Ladybird I think is also on Canopy. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Well, all right. That'll do it for us here at uh, 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. You've been listening to Script to Screen and our review of The Lighthouse. Coming up next is Film Spotting, so stick around. <laughs>